I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Well, it's domination on special teams tonight for the Los Angeles Kings as they beat the Edmonton Oilers 6-3. On the power play, the Kings went 4-for-7. And Edmonton's number one ranked power play did not look like it tonight as they go 0 for 6 with the man advantage. So it's another divisional loss for the Edmonton Oilers who see their record slip to 21, 18 and 3. The Kings are now 24, 14 and 6. Thanks a lot for joining us. It's 11:33, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Well, Rob, I will start with this one and a lot to talk about in this game. How come the Oilers couldn't could it kill a penalty tonight? Was it was it one thing over and over again? Was it some different things? What was going on? Well, I, I think you give credit first of all to the LA Kings. I think the LA Kings move the puck around well. Uh, they've got guys that can fire the puck. Uh, Kempy's got a great shot. Fiala's got a great shot. Now those guys aren't 50 goal scorers, but they can put the puck in the back of the net when given chances. And the pucks were going through the the box. So now you're asking your goaltender to go from one side to the other. And two of the goals. The puck went all the way across. We see it all the time where McDavid passes to dry settle and they score on that one-timer backdoor offside. Well, tonight, both Fiala and Kempe did it. So if when you let pucks go through the middle of the ice, you're putting a lot of stress on your goaltender. He's got to get all the way across. When a goalie goes post to post, there's a lot of free, a lot of opening. And even Campbell, who got the puck in his glove, I mean, he made an unbelievable save, still couldn't keep it out of the net. It's just too much to ask for for a goaltender. And then not getting pucks out, not winning face-offs. Whenever your specialty teams don't do do well, and, well, this wasn't not doing well, this was terrible tonight for them, an 0 for 6 and a 4 for 7, they did a lot of things wrong. It was just, it was an off night for the specialty teams, something that the Oilers have prided themselves on all season long. So 6-3, the Kings take this one. The Oilers now just 1-3-1 and one in their last five games as uh, they are right in the thick of... Uh, a playoff race here, still half the season to go, but uh, a lot of work to be done. Here's head coach Jay Woodcroft. Those penalties are within our control, um, you know, and and our penalty kill, they did, they move the puck around well and uh, give them a little bit of credit, but our penalty kill can be a lot, a lot sharper, and um, you know, we ended up on the wrong side of the special teams battle. I thought that was the difference in the game. Nobody in the world would predict that you guys would go for six on any night of. Were they just a little more aggressive on the on the PK or just? Yeah, I didn't think we were sharp enough. I thought we had some some very good looks that we. Um, got to and, and we weren't sharp enough on some of our offensive opportunities um, that's going to happen some nights you know we, uh, our power play is operated at the level it has this season that's going to happen how about the penalty kill step up and um, um, you know 
take care of the other team's power play. And if that would have happened, I think, um, you know, uh, we wouldn't be talking about uh, our lack of production. Um, and the penalty kill, I believe, has taken a step here over time. But tonight we got touched up. It's the way it goes. Uh, but it was the difference in the game. Was changing the goaltenders just to, just to shake things up a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, and I thought Jack Campbell played excellent. You know, the score sheet will say he let two goals in, uh, but he made a huge save on that one that was, you know, overturned um, and called the goal uh, in the penalty box there, but he made a big save. I thought he gave us a chance to win the game tonight, and um, he should feel real good about where his personal game's at because he's really taken a step here post-Christmas. In terms of trying to get some momentum for your team, Harvey steps up and has a scrap. Yeah. Uh, Austin steps up and has a scrap. Not two guys that I think we thought would be leading your team in fights yeah. when the season started. What's your thoughts on that? Well, you also didn't mention Zach Hyman there yes, today right. as well. Um, you know what? I think uh, our team showed fight and our, our team showed fire uh, in a game where things didn't go all our way. Um, you know, I, I think uh, that's a positive sign. I'd also say that, you know, our, um, you know, we had some good hits on some of their skilled players, uh, legal in legal fashion. And, um, you know, I thought, uh, you know, on the physicality side of things, we were right there. And uh, it's nice to see some some guys step up with that. And as, as I said, I thought that was spoke to the level of fight in our group. Uh, you know, it didn't work for us on the special teams, but it, certainly uh, the guys were working. Good, thanks. Good. All right, that is Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft at the mic for Eclipse Restoration, named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit eclipse247.ca. Kings beat the Oilers 6-3. Well, I mean, he said it. Get a power play had an off night, which is unusual, but if you could have stepped up and... And here's the thing: If the Kings are two for seven on the power play, this game's in overtime. It <laughs> would have been, yeah, would have been three-three late. So, well, uh, the, the the Kings are better on specialty teams and goaltending. Uh, so they they won the two main things that win hockey games. Uh, there was fight back by the Oilers, which is great. But this is the Oilers' little hiccup here in the last little while has allowed a lot of other teams to get involved in the playoff race has the Oilers actually, as you said before the game, in 10th place when it comes to points percentage. The National Predators that were out of out of it and dead in the water are now one point behind the Oilers with three games in hand. So it's gotten a lot more interesting here going into the second half. Uh, it's been a tough little stretch for the Oilers. They need to find a way to string something together. I think hopefully the, the way they finished the game with the the urgency and a little bit of nastiness in them will carry over for the rest of this road trip. And uh, three fights for the Oilers. That's 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 a that's season. A lot. That's our quick change for Jiffy Lube, keeping you moving to and from the game. Visit your local Jiffy Lube today. We'll, we'll get into this because we know there's always a, a section of the fan base who gets frustrated. You know, losses. Well, why didn't why didn't they at least do something? You know. <laughs> You just get out there and you're losing the game. Go punish the other team. Um, you've been there. Now, a different era for you, certainly. <laughs> yeah. There might have been more happening at the end of this game in, in the era you played. Does that make a difference? Or are we going to have to wait five or six games to see if it, if it makes a difference? What do you think? Well, it makes some difference, yes. Uh, there's the 
the camaraderie thing and the standing up for each other and knowing you have your back. Does it translate into more wins? I don't know, but it certainly won't hurt you. Uh, what will hurt you if, is if in a game like tonight where in the last seven, eight minutes of the game, the Oilers just mailed it in and they didn't throw a body check and, you know, you see L.A. happy and smiling and that hurts you because that's where a team shows no care. Tonight they saw a team that cared. The Oilers cared. They were mad. They were angry. So will it translate into wins? I don't know, but it's certainly not going to hurt you. And this is something that the Oilers have lacked at times this year. And the one thing that we've seen, too, when the Oilers eventually become physical and they play a little nasty, it's usually Connor, Leon, and Nurse that leads the way. And we saw tonight Connor a couple big hits. Drysaddle Dry might have had the hit of the night. Uh, Nurse was a little quieter, but tonight it was Yessi. You got a finished skilled player, gets into a fight after throwing the biggest hit of the game. You got Costin, who's played, I don't know what he played, five minutes tonight or something along that line. He didn't play very much when he got into the fight. He comes out and fights the LA Kings' toughest player. And then you got Hyman take a fight. Doesn't have to take a fight, but he did after throwing another huge hit in this game. So, uh, yeah, it, players got outside their comfort zone. That's what the others need to do to be a true hockey team. And tonight I think they played more like a team than they have in a while. I was a bit surprised to see the uh, hit total in this game. 26 for LA, 22 for the Oilers. According to the official game sheet, I set the over-under for total hits at 65.5. So it's well under for a River Cree Resort and Casino excitement bet on it. So Nick wins the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. Okay, you can check in tonight at 780-496-0063. That's the hotline powered by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed pro all the way. The Kings take it 6-3. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. This report brought to you by Avalon Foundation Repairs, Western Canada's leading foundation repair company for over 50 years and home of the lifetime warranty. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins. On Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Only to center ice. Arvidsson will get it right back in. On the left wing, I follow in behind the play. Dropping the mitts. Deneau and Pulley Harvey as Deneau throwing rights. He got the jersey up on Pulley Harvey. And down to the ice they go. All right, that's our crunch of the game for Cougar Paint Collision. Our family helping your family for 40 years and counting. Kings win 6-3. Four power play goals for the Kings, and that really allowed them to take control in the first period because Kevin Fiala scored two power play goals a minute 50 apart. So Edmonton behind most of the night. Yamamoto, a deflection goal late in the first, just three seconds after an Edmonton power play ended, but it's not a power play goal. Kempe on a breakaway, 3.51 into the second period. On the power play, Skinner was pulled three goals against on 24 shots. And then the play that was almost uh, a save of the year candidate. <laughs> uh, Campbell shot out his glove and grabbed a, a Kempe one-timer and they video reviewed it and it was in. It was, yeah. The, the, I, I'm, I wasn't sure at first, but now after a couple more replays. I, I mean, here's the thing. You have to see it over the line and it was very close, but then the glove went into the net a little further. Yeah, to me, I, I believe it was in. I was surprised they counted it. 
I believe the puck went in, but I thought, well, it's, it's close enough that maybe they're going to say no to it. Uh, but they, that was a, a big moment in the game, too, because that would have, although having said that, the LA Kings still had a minute yeah, 45. Yeah, that was early in the power yeah, play. They still had a long time on their power play after that. But uh, the Oilers penalty killing just was not good enough in this hockey game. McLeod scored late in the second, his fourth, first one since October 24th. He'd gone 22 games without a goal. So 4-2 after two. I follow on a breakaway off Campbell's glove and in. That made it 5-2 with 12-16 left. McDavid scored less than two minutes later, stole the puck in the neutral zone off Fiala. Yep. And went in and scored on Copley. So that was his 34th unassisted. But then Arvidsson got the empty netter to put it away. So 6-3 for the Kings is uh, the final. So what, first of all, the IFL breakaway, you know, CeCe tried to hack the puck away, didn't get on it, fell, and then it's a little short pass. Just bad luck. A bit, bit of bad luck there. But how are they give, how do they give up that breakaway early in the second period the, while killing it? Like, should, when you're killing a penalty, how does somebody get behind you? Uh, they, they shouldn't. Uh, that was on Bouchard. Uh, the The player came from his side. He just wasn't paying attention. He got puck watching. Uh, we, and we've seen this a number of times this year where they long stretch passes that are catching the Oilers on breakaways where players are getting behind them. It's, it's something that teams are studying. They're seeing that they're capable of doing it and they're taking those chances. So that's one that can't happen. It really can't. In a, in a game that's uh, an important game like that, you've got to always make sure you know where the defenders are. I mean, it, Kempe is he's fast and he's skilled. So when he's on the ice, you certainly want to know where he is because you don't want to get into a foot race with him. So if you're the defender, okay, he's right there. I got to keep him on this side of me. So Bouchard got puck watching and Kempe got in behind him. And unfortunately, that was the end of the night for Stuart Skinner. Kings win at 6-3. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Um... Connor McDavid, mm -hmm. leading scorer in the NHL, nice goal tonight. Generally, plays a lot. <laughs> he got up to 22-10 tonight, including. Oh, what was the total? A minute 59 while shorthanded, and I believe he was on the ice for three of LA's four. Uh, let me check the fourth one. I don't think he, he was, was on for three of the four power yeah. play goals against. And I'm not saying, okay, it's all because of no, McDavid. No. But having said that, and I've talked about this a bit before, I, I would be very reluctant to have McDavid killing penalties. How to do me, you feel? To me, Connor McDavid would kill penalties in games in the third period when you're losing, when you need a goal and you're desperate for a goal. That's when I'd have him killing. I just, there's, players have roles on this team and you have guys that are in your third and fourth lines that, understand their job is to get five six minutes of even strength and then go out there when it's a penalty kill and do whatever it takes to make sure that puck doesn't come out of that and they take pride in that they i mean it's you're, you're taking minutes away from those role players that you can't find anywhere else you're not gonna put on the power play they're not playing four on four at any time so now you're overextending your, your stars uh minutes and you don't you don't want connor in a shooting lane ever and it's very important in penalty killing to be in shooting lanes. You've got to take that big shot away. Now, Connor's smart enough not to put himself in harm's way, but that takes away some of the effectiveness as a penalty killer. Now, he is a constant threat if he's out on a penalty kill. Absolutely 100%. But 
he's there's other guys on the team that would be more suited to play the role of a penalty kill and it gives them uh incentive keeps them involved and i think that sometimes the oilers struggle to find minutes for players and struggle to, to keep them involved in the game so yeah me, Connor, and Leon would penalty kill when the Oilers are down in the third period and they need a goal. Well, I think I, I would say Leon has to penalty kill because he, but he might actually been. win a faceoff. Yeah, he, he should, but he hasn't been penalty yeah, killing true. very much at all. Connor's taken that spot. Now, that could be uh, a continuation of whatever ailed him that kept them out for a couple games. 100%. Yeah. yeah, so uh, that is a, an interesting discussion. And, and, and I, I agree with you. And the, 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 the thing about McDavid is he never really stops moving on the ice. No. But I, I think when you're killing penalties, I'm not sure that's a strength. Well, and what happens, so when you have a penalty-killing unit, they have to work together as a kill. And uh, we used to call it eyes and butts. When you see his eyes, you stay passive. When you see his butts, you got to be aggressive. When you're aggressive, everybody has to go. And you have to go to a certain guy. It always stops and starts. If one player is out of that um, cycle of how you're killing, it now messes up the rest of them because, okay, this is my guy. Wait, he just passed me. Okay, now I got. So now you're thinking, and if you have to have that double clutch where you have to. Okay, wait, he's going to my guy. I got to go somewhere else. It gets you in a bit of trouble. So Connor McDavid is the world's greatest, but I think the Oilers would be better served to save him for uh, important penalty kills late in games, and more importantly, save him to play five on five, four on four, and on the power play. Yeah, I hear what you're saying there. Kings take it 6-3 over the Edmonton Oilers. Just some uh, stats of note tonight. Zach Hyman wound up taking three penalties, two minors and a fight for nine minutes. He did not register a point. He had eight shots on goal. He had eight or nine a game. Uh, was it the last game? No, I think it was a couple games ago. Yeah, and he had an incredible hit. He absolutely laid out Quinton Byfield. Uh, it took Byfield a while to get to the bench after that hit. Hyman was effective. Uh, probably could have had two or three goals in this hockey game. He was snake bitten in the blue paint a couple times. Evan Bouchard, two assists. He ended plus three. A lot of players were even in this game, or just plus or minus one because of all the uh, special teams action tonight. Uh, Campbell allowed two goals on 13 shots. Skinner allowed three on 24. The empty net once again failed to make a save. And uh, it was Copley. What is he now, 11-2? and two? Something along 11 and 2 for the yep. Los Angeles Kings as he stops 28 out of 31. The three stars Wad number three, Kempe number two, Fiala number one. We'll give out the fourth star for Jandel Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. Um, why don't we go with McLeod, who scored his first goal in quite some time? Yeah, he needed one, he did certainly need one. Hopefully, that'll be a catalyst or uh, maybe bounce him back and put a little bit of a, an offensive surge together here. And he was also plus two tonight. All right, back to Los Angeles. Here's Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Pull the game going. Uh, I thought five and five earlier. Actually, getting some looks. Um, put the puck behind them with a, with a plan, with an intention, and uh, we're stopping pucks and playing down there, and then just running into penalty problems. And I mean, basically lose the game on special teams. About game of the whole bunch of penalties should be in your guys' wheelhouse. I mean, that's where you guys feast uh, 0 for 6, I think it was. So just what was yeah, well, I think the um, the other unit got one right at the end, but uh, the power play, but yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, usually, um, I mean, 
know, we're putting some in, but tonight uh, we just couldn't find it. And uh, obviously, they, I think they got four on, on theirs. So um, it's just tough to win a game when you're we're giving up four like that. And uh, uh, other than us matching it on the power. Yeah, what's more sort of what makes you more annoyed that you don't get any with the power play or that you get four? Well, I think a bit of both, for sure. Um, as a killer end on the power play, I, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, we just simply lost a special teams battle, and uh, at the end of the day, is kind of what it came down to. And um, five and five for the most part, we were getting some looks and um, generating a little bit of chance, uh, a few chances, and a little bit of uh, momentum, and then get stopped short by a penalty kill. Disappointing. This was a game you wanted to try to catch these guys to stand. You know, you yeah. got to think these guys, they're just a little bit ahead of you, and now they're more. Yeah. Uh, you guys want to play better tonight. Yeah, well, I mean, for sure. It's a uh, play division team like this. It's a four-point game, and uh, it's a uh, tight division, and tonight we wanted a different uh, result. Okay, well, that's Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and... Like Rob touched on, and uh, you're, you're starting to watch the standings a little more than you do earlier in the yep. season. I, I, I always I always watch them just because I like to see the trends, and uh, as, as we've seen, it still does help to bank points early. Uh, I mean, this is not going great for the Oilers. 21-18-3, so the points percentage is 563. The the win percentage is is. 500. They've they've won exactly half their games. Uh, nope. So, their their win their percentage is 536 on the. So season. yes, points percentage is 536. Yeah, yeah. Winning percentage would Yo. be 500. They've. Oh, I thought you said 563. I. I, I oh, I'm sorry. I 536. Yeah. My mistake. Thank you for correcting me. I did make a mistake. Points percentage is 536. Yeah. 563 would be better. Yeah, it would be. Well, actually, that have them ahead of Calgary, yeah. unfortunately. It would, a little bit. Uh, and, and they've won exactly half their games. Now, again, but it's not just wins and losses in the NHL, but just to give you a sense of well, sort of where, like, if they get to 42 wins and six overtime losses, that that may not be enough if you get no. to 88 points. No, I don't think so. And they're, they're, I mean, because of win percentage, because teams have played different games, they're in 10th place right now. That's right. So that's what that's what I want to give. Yep. So forget about the top three in the division because they're not in that by points, points percentage or anything. And none, none of the wildcard teams or teams competing for a wildcard spot would be in the top three based on points percentage. So we got right now... Colorado at 566. I mean, it's incredibly close, but it's yep. it's worth pointing out. Colorado at 566. Nashville now at 564. Calgary at 561, and Edmonton at 536. So actually, there's a little bit of a well, gap there. Like there, and then St. Louis is 524. So those are the five teams for the two wild card spots at the moment. What it's funny is, you say Calgary and Edmonton are in seventh and eighth, and the teams in ninth and tenth both. Are, better, are actually ahead of actually them. Actually ahead yes. of them. So, well, the, this Nashville was, they were forgotten. They were the team that was getting pushed back. They've won four or five in a row. They've got games in hand. See, this is the big thing, too. Nashville has three games in hand on the Oilers. They're one point back. The Colorado Avalanche, who are two points back, they have four games in hand yep. on the Edmonton Oilers. So the Oilers do have a, a favorable schedule, but a favorable schedule only works if you win those games. Yes. And what the, the one thing that does worry you, and I still believe the Oilers are going to make the playoffs, but the one thing that does worry you, teams, and we've seen this in the past, uh, they, Las Vegas last year ran into horrible injuries down the stretch. Mm -hmm. 
but because and they didn't bank enough points, they fell out of the playoffs. LA Kings, on the other end, horrible injuries down the stretch. They had banked enough points that it kept them in the playoffs, even when they struggled. The Oilers right now are very healthy. They're missing one player. And they don't have a big bank load of money. So if the Oilers do run into injury problems at any time where they lose three or four guys, important pieces, and have to play shorthanded, they don't have the luxury of being in second place in the division mm -hmm. with an eight-point cushion between that and a guy that's on the outside of the wild card. So that is the one fear if you're an Oiler fan is you haven't banked enough points to withstand uh, an unlucky stretch of injuries to important players. Yep. No, that's that's a really good point. And, I mean, again, we've been talking about it all year. Um, I, I mean, we've been saying inconsistent, but that, that might just be who they are. We know about the, the flaws on the team. We've talked about them extensively for the last, what are we, th uh, October, November, three, three months <laughs> and a little bit. Um, so, yes, and I was talking about this, Bob. You know, Evander Kane coming back will help. Yep. Evander Kane's probably worth a win or two if he plays every game if he'd played all these games, you know, so maybe they're a little higher up. But having said that, and I did a hit with Calgary Radio today, Evander Kane returning does not help the main problems on this team. I mean, he'll come back. He'll probably play, you know, 18 minutes a game. He actually is a pretty good penalty killer, yep. which you and yeah, I have yes. yep. better than we thought he was. So he will help, but there's still going to be 40 to 45 minutes every game. Well, <laughs> he'll be on the ice. And I understand when you say that Kane in the lineup probably gives him two extra wins, you could say that about Eichel in Vegas. Oh, absolutely. Marsh, yeah. so who's been out for a bunch of games. All the Colorado players have been out. Uh, all the team, every team goes through it. Winnipeg, they, they just got five players back in one game. They had that many, and they had top players out. So, yes, Kane will help them, but other teams have found ways to still bank yeah. points. So, uh, and that, that, but that's what I'm yeah. saying, though. The problems with the Oilers aren't injury-related. No. They're keeping the puck out of their well, and, Yeah, and Kane coming back, he's going to help them score goals. But the Oilers are not a great defensive team, and that's where their biggest issues are. So I think the Oilers will be looking to add help as this season gets closer to the trade deadline. Uh, they'll be looking to help. I think they need a little bit of nastiness on the back end. Uh, maybe a little bit of mm, strength in their third or fourth line, someone that plays with a little bit of heaviness, because uh, they do need help. They're, they are not a complete team yet. And one thing we haven't talked about either tonight, which was an odd thing that happened in this game, was the Evan Bouchard, too many men on the ace penalty. They just showed it on the replay. The Oilers were on a power play, and Tyson Berry changed. And Evan Bouchard jumped on early, as all players do. But the puck was a slow roller that was coming to the blue line. And Evan Bouchard didn't touch the puck till Barry came off, but he shot the puck just as Barry was leaving the ice. Him coming on early allowed him to be in a shooting position. To me, that's why the referee made that call. Simply, if he would have waited to the proper time, that puck would have come out over the blue line. There wouldn't have been a shot. And the, the LA Kings would have got out of trouble. The referee or the Lions made that call, which you don't normally see, but I do believe it was the right call. All right, Kings take it 6-3. That's a $300 donation from James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com to 630Chad Santa's Anonymous. They give 100 bucks every time the Oilers score. All right, you can get us at 780-496-0063. You're also going to hear from Derek Ryan. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. 
I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 6.30. Barry into his own zone. He gets checked. Kempe off the right wing. His shot and it's saved by Campbell. It's Kempe trying to go short side. All right, that's the save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Kings beat the Oilers 6-3 tonight. Four power play goals for them. And uh, an even strength goal and an empty netter to put it away. It was Yamamoto, McLeod, and McDavid scoring for the Edmonton Oilers as we'll update the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. The other three NHL games were shutouts. Flyers over the Sabres, 4-0. Predators over the Senators, 3-0. Kraken over the Canadians, 4-0. And the college football national championship game south of the border, actually in L.A., it wasn't a shutout. Uh, well, close. <laughs> Georgia 65, TCU 7. I saw that that was the biggest difference uh, between the winner and the loser in bowl history. And this was the number one and number two. Well, it was number the one, one and three, one technically, three, but, but yeah. But it was the t- top two teams in the country going at it, and it was a mismatch. Yes, it was over early. <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, it's too bad because everyone was looking forward to that game. Usually, pretty exciting game uh, every year. This year, not so much. We have a couple. Uh, I may have to talk more about this on my show, Inside Sports. A couple of uh, massive trades. Oh my God! Yeah. In the Western Hockey League, not just with big names, <laughs> with a lot, well my, more draft picks than players. Mike Kamloops Blazers traded for two players, two very good players. Uh, they gave up four players and ten draft picks, including four first-round draft picks. They will not have a first-round draft pick of their own until 2027. Yeah, and Bob was right earlier. They, they're they likely going to gonna recover some of those picks from teams trying to do what they're doing in, in two or three years. But, that's but that is a, silly. That is a mess. Like, I would love to overhear the negotiations because it was uh, that was with Everett, right? Yes. Yes. Well, that'd be one of well, those. Well, yeah. you know what? Now this other team's offering seven draft picks. No, it'd be like, one of those. How, how does how, it keep going? How about I give you five draft picks? No, make it six. How about seven? Okay, eight. He's The guy's bidding against himself, and the Candles guy's like, I can't believe. I just pushed that on mute and just kept getting more and more stuff. Uh, the Vancouver Giants traded Zach Ostapchuk, a St. Albert native who played for the World Juniors the last two, got two golds. He just went to Winnipeg, and it was three first-rounders, I think three players, and another round, uh, another couple of draft picks. Uh, again, he's got 29 points in 21 games, and they gave up the house for him too. It's unbelievable. There's three teams in the Western Hockey League that are loading up. Um, two of them will be in the Memorial Cup because Kamloops is hosting. One of them will have given up uh, a lion's share to uh, be watching the Memorial Cup on television. All right, and the Oilers lose 6-3 to the 
Los Angeles Kings. So you got Anaheim and San Jose coming up. And here's the thing what you were, you were saying too. There's, I mean, anybody can beat anybody, yep. as we know. There's always going to be a favorite. Some matchups are going to be closer than others, or there might be more of a mismatch than others. But because of where the others are, like, you can't lose to Anaheim again. Like, you can't, you know, four games against San Jose still to come. Okay, good. But you can't, like, you got to win at least three. Right, because most teams are beating San Jose. Well, they are. Most teams are beating Anaheim. And it's funny, is it's a team that you would expect to beat, but in the last five games, five or six games, the Ducks beat the Stars two nothing. The Stars are the best team in the Western Conference. Two days, two games before that, the Ducks beat the Golden Knights, who are the second best team right. in the conference. So the Ducks are a team that are only going to win two out of ten. You don't want to be one of those two teams. Because this is uh, the Oilers, again, they're going to be playing teams that are much below them in the standings, but they can't afford to lose to those teams. They, they put themselves in a position where they're desperate for points. They're urgent for points. Uh, they haven't banked enough. They need a solid effort. Their penalty killing has to be better. The one, the one way a team can beat you in, in the National Hockey League, if, you're not, if they're not as good, is they're able to take care of you, especially the team's wives. Mm -hmm. wives. Uh, the Anaheim Ducks do have some skilled players. They got four or five really nice skilled hockey players. So you can't have a three for five night on your penalty kill and give them life. The one thing that uh, you can get beat by as a goaltender has a good night. Anaheim's got Gibson. He's not the goalie that he was, but he's a goalie that can steal a game. The Oilers have to have a much better effort from start to finish than they did tonight because it's an important game. The next two games are against two teams that are on the bottom of the standings. The Ducks and the Sharks are going to get worse as the season goes by. They will be trading players away at, at, season, at the trade deadline. So the Oilers know that those teams, when they start playing other teams in the conference later in the season, they're not going to be as good. So the Oilers have got to take care of it right now and start to gain some confidence because at the end of this trip will be another huge game against the Vegas Golden Knights. You do not want to go in that, needing that game to, to be 500 on this road trip. Yeah, well, and I, I, kind, of sp I kind of highlighted this six-game segment that started with the mm -hmm. Islanders. So you win that, get a point against Colorado, and lose to L.A. So you're 1-1-1. One, one, one. Um, all right, but you, you got to take care of business against these two teams that are lower down in the standings. Jack Campbell is going to start both those games. Stuart yep. Skinner is returning to Edmonton to uh, be with his wife as they uh, welcome a child into the world. So Calvin Pickard is called up from the Condors to, uh, to be the backup goalie here for these next two games. All right, let's go back to Los Angeles. Oilers lose 6-3. Here's forward Derek Ryan. I won't ask you about the power play, but the penalty kill had a rough time tonight. You guys just couldn't seem to... Couldn't seem to solve them somehow. But, well, you know, yeah. specific... I guess. I mean, we'll have to go back and watch the tape, but um, obviously a game we want back on the PK. I liked our game 5-1-5. I thought we carried majority of the play and had some good looks, good zone time, and uh, penalty kills just couldn't get it done. Yeah. Um, these guys come at you like they, I don't know, did they draw all those penalties? Or you, know, you guys do a lot of penalties too. I'm not sure how to look at the game. There's so many minor penalties all through. Yeah, uh, I felt the same way. It disrupts a lot of the rhythm of the play. Um, it's hard to get in a rhythm 5-on-5 five five when there's so many penalties. And Look, I thought it went both ways. I thought they were calling it uh, pretty tight. And 
we probably uh, want some of those penalties back. He's in our sticks a little too much, and uh, that's just the kind of game it was. Yeah, that would be my question. Do you feel, is it fair to say you guys are undisciplined to take that seven minor penalties? You blame the ref on a few of them, but you did take a lot of penalties. But I think we could look back and say we want some of those back, yeah. yeah. All right, that is uh, Derek Ryan being questioned by Sportsnet's Mark Spector after a 6-3 loss to the Los Angeles Kings. Coming up from noon to 2 today, Bob Stoffer will have Oilers now. I will have inside sports from 6 to 8. Big thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. More on this game, more on the Oilers, and more on the Elks, who uh, made a significant addition on Monday on 630TED.com, globalnews.ca. Our next game broadcast is Wednesday. It's going to be a two-hour face-off show starting at 6. The puck will drop just after 8. Oilers take on the Anaheim Ducks. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.